Oh, it's good to see you, God. Yeah? Yeah, it is. All right. It's always a treat for me. Well, I'm glad. I'm not going to let this not be special. No, you practice ingratitude. That's great. Yeah, I am practicing gratitude. I'll tell you, I have this journal now. It's like a productivity journal. Mm -hmm. Kind of matched to your brain type. (laughs) Okay. And... Uh, nope, nope, keep come going. Come on. Wait, they, listen, I really this want is how, to hear about no, this is how, how things this work. journal figured it I don't, all out. I don't know about how things are in the clouds where you are, where you just get to philosophize about everything. Yeah. But down here, where, you know, you have to create the change that you want in your life. <laughs> if someone presents you with the system and you're pretty compelled by that, you have to buy into that system. Sure. And you have to do the things and the trappings that come along with it. So that's where this journal... It's like it gives you a brain type. Yeah. You take a, a, a assessment. I also like finding out which Disney princess I am. Yeah. <laughs> Those are fun. It is fun. Yeah, but go on. The nice thing about it is that it opens every day with a, with a gratitude section. You just list ah. the things you're grateful about. So, you know, you kind of have to start your day in sort of a positive mind space, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I think if that's If nothing great. else, if nothing else, it does that. So that has basically nothing to do with what we're talking about today but i just wanted to share my day with you no i like it i appreciate it Uh, i'm grateful you wanted to share that with me well we're talking about um gay culture today (laughs) that's a a great segue i know i just i had to hit you with that yeah um well sometimes sometimes the the best segues are complete drops sure (laughs) yeah absolutely switches i mean i think you know, last week's episode was about um, mothers and women, and I think it's really important to sort of balance the scales, talk about men, what it's like to have men interact with other men in, in both, you know, broy ways and intimate ways. There's a lot going on there. I'm going to be honest with you, God. Very limited world perspective on this side of the couch over here. And I'm what? pointing to me. What do you mean? I have a way of looking at things. I have one life and I have one brain and one experience. And uh-huh. I'm a straight guy who imagines himself. I, I think that there's a spectrum. Sure. And I find myself at different points on that spectrum at different points in my life. Yeah. But That's generally, a real thing. you know, if you have to apply a word, I would say I'm straight. I think, I think I'm a straight if man. If you had to put yourself in a box. Yeah, but again, I mean, there have been different times where I've, you know, where I've questioned and where I've, you know, done non-straight person things. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just like looked at my sexuality as more of a more of a continuum and less as a one step here, one step here, one step here. You well, know what I, mean? I think not only is that really healthy, but it's more fun. I think it is more yeah. fun. Um, sometimes I, I wish I was more in the center of the spectrum so I could enjoy more parts sure. of life. Um, I wish more people did. I, well, uh, here's, here's what I'll get into in, in terms of, I don't think you give yourself enough credit okay. for things. But also, you know, you have close male relationships, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, what we're sort of like digesting today is, okay, so... What is it like to have close male friendships? Let's just start with that. What is it like for you? Just, just, just you and your guy friends. What is? What do you see is in that that is different than your friendships with women or, or you know, women's friendships with women? Well, it just seems to me that there is a, a shared experience, like a shared physical experience. Mm. You know, me and my male friends have gone through the same kind of pubescent changes. Okay. Um, typically, me and my male friends have 
more shared interests than me and my female friends just by virtue of the way that we were growing up. I don't know. I don't want to ramble, but it just seems like we have a physical energy that is more similar than my physical energy with a woman. Right, but that's also perfect, and isn't that beautiful, and doesn't that make a whole shit ton of sense on why men are interested in having sex with other men? Mm -hmm. You're, you're very physical. You, are, you know all of the things. You have such a common and shared experience, and you're both, you know, when you're talking about your sort of pubescent phase, you're both obsessed with pleasure. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, and you both know what to do. Why not dive into that? I mean, let's just get into this. Why is there so much guilt? Why is it seen as wrong by such a large swath of the population? You know, there's a lot of things where people are scared of the unknown. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big thing. Um, people are also really, when they build a strong identity for themselves, and that's something that I can definitely say is a very male thing, mm -hmm. men decide who they're going to be. And they are not going to move from that. Yeah. I'm a strong, I'm a caretaker, I'm all these things. And every way in which men suffer is when things contradict that idea. And so when you have men that have a very strong idea of what masculinity looks like, being tough, burying your feelings and all that thing, mm -hmm. um, when you have something that opposes that, when you have something that allows you to be emotionally open, emotionally intimate physically intimate that's terrifying to them mm -hmm. um because it means they're not fully that other side yeah uh you see it a lot there are a lot of men that are gay and bisexual that bury that shit down deep mm -hmm. and and often you'll see it a lot in your politicians who will willingly and knowingly pass laws against homosexuals while also sleeping with other men on the down low, mm -hmm. as you as you say it. Uh, the other thing is, like, talking about limiting yourself and, and, like, getting older and figuring out who you are and then deciding one thing. I can tell you, I remember this vividly, and I, I wasn't sure I was going to bring this up before mm. the podcast episode because there was this thing in me that was like, you should be ashamed of this and you should actually hide this. Mm. Um, but there's no point to hiding this. And what I'm talking about is, like, it was about 12 or 13 or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, there were a couple times where I had, like, gay physical experiments with being, like, male friends of mine. Sure. And it's just because you're, you're attracted and you're interested and, uh, you know, hormones play into it, too. But and you've got a buddy that you feel safe you've with. You've got a buddy that you feel safe with that you trust and, you know, you're close to your closest. Yeah, you know? he gets it. So, um, and it's like... It's just funny to self-examine, like, the, the struggle that I had to even bring that up. Because yeah. I was like, no, no, no. You got to hide your that card. Mm. You got to not talk about it. Because what? Why? What's the, yeah, con what's the consequence? Yeah. Yeah, that's and a big And if you thing. really looked at yourself, like, you know, if you really self-examined, you would probably find a lot more um, nuance to your own sexual desires. Well, that's the thing is we talked about this before. It's about preserving your identity. Mm-hmm. And that is a really big thing. You know, when you talk about um, people coming out of the closet, part of the reason why that's such an emotional experience is because that's, a, that's an acceptance of an entirely new identity. Mm -hmm. you, you are, whether you're in a, a family that supports it or not, you are rejecting something that may be a common belief in the world and 
and you are choosing to stand out proudly on your own as this brand new thing. Yeah. And even changing from one thing to another thing, even if you have the most supportive family in the world, it's still hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so today we're going to talk about mainly masculine relationships, right? Yeah. There are so many things in the LGBTQ parallel lines mm-hmm. things, um, you know, we should dive into them individually. Right. I think it's good that we're talking about this one because we, you know, we had the last podcast about bud motherhood and I think men need to have good conversations about men and their feelings, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so. what we're doing right now. Talking yeah. about our feelings. Talking about our feelings, talking about, you know. Sharing secrets. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting intimate. <laughs> That's what sharing secrets is. It is. Yeah. And there's a grand historical tradition of this, too. Sure. I mean, like you said, like, it's... Well, is is that true? Like, has it... Is it... Is there more of a rich history of gay culture than of stifling gay culture? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, here's what I'll tell you I, I have always found fascinating. You know, this is like with our holidays episode where people pretend like something was always this way. Right. Yeah. Well, homosexuality has been such a vital part of all of history, and it was just never called that way because it was just common. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, back in Roman times, um, you know, you, you got married and you had a wife, but you didn't really love your wife. You didn't spend a lot of time with her. She was there to make babies. Mm-hmm. Who you did love and have very deep, strong, passionate, romantic feelings for were your fellow soldiers. And you and you were intimate with them physically and emotionally, and that was the commonplace. And if you brought that same experience up to tough men now, I would like to say, I would like to see you be as tough as these Spartan soldiers were. Mm-hmm. Because these guys, they were men. And they were intimate with the other men, emotionally, mentally, and physically. Yeah. Yeah. And Didn't could, change their masculinity. You could tell they were handsome even though you could only ever see their profile one at a time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a crack about art. <laughs> no, I got it. So let's let's go ahead and bring on our guest. So today um, we have somebody who I just got to meet. And mm. I'm very excited to have him on. His name is Luis Selgas. Yeah. He's uh, such a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. I love that guy. I'm going to pick his brain. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pick your brain, presumably, too. Sure. Okay, so Luis, a little bit about him. He's originally from Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, he is an actor and a writer living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he's, in his words, yeah. and this is probably true, Yeah. probably the only blue-eyed, red-headed, left-handed gay Latino you'll ever meet. There's like a handful of others, but yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the number is small enough that you can use that as an intro. Yeah. He's the kind of person who you could see him from afar and you just don't, you don't know. What what's the accent gonna be? Yeah. Is it gonna be Scottish? Is it gonna be well? It's it's not really much of an accent. It's just kind of <laughs> American okay. accent. Well, anyway, now that this is lost steam, let's take <laughs> a break. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> it's me. It's God and. It's Luis Selgas. How you doing, Luis? Hello. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Thank Sorry you. I don't have a <laughs> Scottish accent. That was such a formal intro. Hi, God. Hey, Luis. Been a minute. Yeah? Why did I go somewhere? I, you know, been a, I've been gone for a minute. 
Where'd you go? Wait, you've been gone out of God's eye? Well, I'm sure I've always been in his eye, but I went to Catholic school for a long time, and then I kind of went away from... Oh, is right. That, right. You think I'm only in Catholic school? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Certainly not. Certainly no, not. that's that's the only place on the planet I'm hanging out is in Catholic places. <laughs> what a boring sure. existence if that were true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, good. You grew up Catholic? Uh, not like strictly through my family, but Catholic education was always a good education. So mm-hmm. I went to you know Catholic high school, did the whole baptism communion confirmation went to jesuit college uh you even went to jesuit college i went to jesuit university yeah yeah, yeah did it change you are you closer to god <laughs> i did the rocky horror show in in college so that changed me yeah <laughs> that yeah. definitely changed me i saw it yeah was tell, that, tell us about that yeah was that honestly a fulcrum point in your life rocky horror it was actually well since we're talking about gay relationships that was the first time i hooked up with a guy mm. rocky horror i played brad and you had all your was, muscles yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i did i was well i had to be in drag for for that show so yeah i was we were all working out but yeah so that was the first time i ever kind of like explored that and so yeah so i would say it was a little of a you know change that seems to me relatively i mean i don't know relative to what but it seems to me relatively late in life to have that discovery up until then, what was your experience? I mean, was it was it confusion with what you were feeling? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I've known for a long time. I mean, since I was a kid that, you know, something was different. And um, I did have attraction to two guys. Um, but I always kind of, like, pushed it down and repressed it. And, I mean, I grew up Latino. I grew up in a very, you know, open family. My parents were very loving. But definitely, you know, the Latino culture is also very, you know, that machismo, that like mm-hmm. men are men and, yeah. and you don't show that feminine or that emotional side. So along with that coupled, you know, you don't really see a lot of gay representation. And when you do, it's like a joke or it's something silly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, oh, and then you move to the States and it's like, oh, that's okay. Don't be gay. Don't be gay. And it's just like that really affects your psyche. So yeah. growing up with those kind of insecurities. And for me, like it was never like, oh, I'm not attracted to girls. Girls are gross. So because I was attracted to girls, at least, you know, to a degree, I was like, oh, this is the devil. This, this is, is the devil. Oh, this is the devil. This is influence me. Exactly. <laughs> this is something that I should control and repress. Um, and it took a long time to kind of get get my ducks in a row. As, yeah, realize the devil can. is not real. The yeah. devil's not trying to make you love other people. Yeah. So when you finally accepted that, how did you reconcile your that amount of attraction for women? That was tough. I mean, that was tough because then it's, it's. I mean, I feel like, and I can only speak from my experience, but in my conversations with other people, it's always kind of a mind game. You know, it's it's like you're trying to figure something out and it's like, okay, do I feel this way because I've been told that this is how I should feel and mm. that kind of conditioned me. But then other people use that argument against homosexuality and say it's like, oh, well, you moved to Los Angeles or you're surrounded by actors and they're all sexual. So it's like, <laughs> that's why you're interested in men and it's not that you're actually interested in men. So it's this whole kind of like mind game that you play with yourself. And, yeah. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but you yeah, know, you're figuring things out there in that wh- arena. Which everybody does. Like yeah. not just sexuality. That's what identity is. Sexuality is part of your identity. It's right. a defining part. So, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, it, it did take some reconciliation. I actually just met up with a, a close friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a minute. And we sort of were talking about this. And he asked me a similar question of like, you know, when when were you kind of 
able to come to terms with yourself. And it's funny, I realized in that conversation that I didn't really start coming to terms with my sexuality and what that meant for myself and, and my place in this world until after I'd come out. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like, and again, this is my experience, but like in my mind, I was like, it would make more sense if I was like, oh, I'm sure of this. I'm comfortable now. Now I can step out and like tell the world and share that about myself. But it didn't happen that way. I ended up coming out for whatever reasons and slowly started to become more assured of myself and wow the world didn't come crumbling down and people didn't push me away and hate me like and oh this is what this means and this is comfortable this is uncomfortable and just kind of you know figuring yourself out what about your family my family is super accepting i mean it it was you know it was a funny experience to a degree (laughs) uh but I I have no complaints. I have the most loving family in the world, and I'm I'm super lucky, which is not always the case. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, I go through my life, and the things I experience are just as they are, because I don't think of straightness as, like, a lifestyle or a culture. Why do I think that, God? That might be a question for you. <laughs> But uh, but a question for you, Luis, is like, to what extent are your experiences filtered through uh, gayness, I guess? Um, I know that you make, tell g- gay stories in the way that, and I'm s- so dumb the way I'm sounding, but this is the words that are coming out. Sure. In, the, in the movies that you make and the things that you write and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's a thing about yourself that you really, really want to dive into. So what is that experience like? I mean, that's a complicated question. Uh, that's several questions, but, mm-hmm. uh, and thank you for asking them. As I'll, I'll get to the, I'll talk about the stories part just because it's, I think a little bit faster, but um, I like to, I'm passionate about telling stories from the LGBTQ perspective because there are fewer of them. And because I have that lens and I have that perspective, I want to see myself and the community that I'm with uh, represented. And um, so I think it's important to tell them because for so long, you know, the the queer community has seen straight love stories and we've grown up fantasizing about a love that we see through the eyes of a heterosexual relationship. And we it's important for us to see it also from our own points of view. So um, that's your straight culture you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have straight culture. It's everywhere. Yeah. 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 But as far as my lens through the world, I don't see myself defined as a queer person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't go around being like, oh, hi, I'm gay, like, or anything like that. I think It's not printed on your business cards. It's not. It's yeah. not. Um, but it is, it is a part of me. It's an important part of me. And I think, you know, when I came out, somebody told me that a weight was lifted off my shoulders. So mm-hmm. it's clearly something that they could see. It was something that, and and actually more so the fact that they could see that I was gay, what they could see was that I wasn't being truly authentic to myself, whatever yeah. that meant. So whatever parts make us up, parts of our identity, um, until we're truly authentic and honest with ourselves, people are going to notice those things. So yes, being gay or queer is is part of my experience and it does affect me, but it doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, it's the same thing where, you know, you are attracted to women. Mm-hmm. It is a part of your life, but you don't lead with that in every part of your conversation. No, I have other things that I would say define me more right, than that. Right, but it does define you. 
When yeah. you walk into a space, you are aware of the females in the space. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There are aspects that you filter your experience through because of your, your sexual identity. Which also, you know, you notice my sort of hemming and hawing about even asking that question. It's because I do realize that I live in this heteronormative perspective. Well, there's so things that you take for granted that you, you haven't spent a lot of time digesting. Yeah, sure. You know, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. Actually, you have spent time thinking about it a lot. You just don't put it in the same terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think about your sexuality a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, you do. All right. <laughs> all right. We don't need to look God knows Well, all. no, I'm don't just need saying. To pick at a scab you know, that. all these people, it's like, well, I don't walk around putting my heterosexuality in your face it's like yes you do you put it in every movie you talk about it in every conversation with your friends yeah you're, you're you're basically screaming it from the mountains all day long mm -hmm. yeah obviously you know like i said every every story and every voice needs to be represented and there's certainly nothing wrong with obviously heterosexual romances and it's not like i'm like well, it's not a gay story, so I don't get it. Like, <laughs> it's not like that's that's my experience. But you know, I think where where one of the issues that I have is when you start to see it's like, oh, well, that's a gay relationship. Oh, why does there need to be another one? There's so much gay relationship out there. Like, why do you have to throw yeah. it in our faces? And mm -hmm. it's like, hold up a second. Like, <laughs> let's relax. Like, if you, if just mathematically, if you look at the statistics of like how many stories are told from what perspective, you have way more. It's and this, by the way, goes as far as like black community, Latino community, all kinds yeah, of, absolutely. you know, situations. Yeah. But, but then at the same time, there are plenty of people who will be like, oh, well, that's a gay romance. Like, I'm not going to be able to relate. And it's sure. like, why? Yeah. At the heart of any story, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a gay relationship, uh, polyamorous relationship or whatever, is like love, right? And connection yeah. and intimacy. And we can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. And it comes in many forms. Well, think about this. If you want to try to understand the, the side of, of being queer and, and watching movies in general, imagine if every movie you saw had, you know, two men or two women. You know, it wouldn't be Bond and his Bond girl. It would be Bond and his Bond guy. And there'd be a whole series of actors that have played the Bond guy. And, you know, it, it would have changed everything about your culture. Mm -hmm. Every single thing that you, you are witnessing is through the lens of heterosexual normative behavior. And, you know, gay people aren't asking for much. <laughs> They're really just being like, you, you shove it in my face all day, every day. Yeah. Every movie I maybe, see. Maybe I can take up a little yeah. bit of space I just, I in this just world, want, maybe. You know, but the problem is, is you get people freak out. You know, it's like you have one comic book character who's bisexual. And then all of a sudden it goes, he's not bisexual. I can't relate to this anymore. You know. Luis, is there anything that you're like, because I wanted to start talking about masculinity. Oh, yeah. And what masculinity uh, means when you, when you take away the difference in sexuality. Like... What does masculinity actually mean across straight and gay? For me, I mean, this brings me back to, you know, way when I was younger. And I remember when people would call me gay in high school or even middle school or elementary school. And it's because and I was never super flamboyant or anything like that. But like I might have been more flamboyant. And I distinctly remember, you know, being in the shower and like being really upset about, you know, somebody saying something um, and teaching myself to speak with a lower voice 
Like mm-hmm. I had, a, I spoke with a higher, you know, a higher pitch and I taught myself to speak at a lower voice and to like keep my hands, you know, to the side and not gesture or not to seem more effeminate mm-hmm. um, because being effeminate made you gay and being gay was bad. Uh, and that's still even an issue within the gay community because then you have people, you know, gay uh, men who are, are more effeminate, they're seen as some people would say that uh, they're less than because oh that's that's not really masculine and if you're gonna be gay you still need to be a man and it all boils down to just that toxic masculinity it goes back to what i said it's you're you're misrepresenting yourself and you're not being true to yourself you're not being authentic so whatever it is whether it's masculine feminine uh or or whatever it's you so why are you changing it just to fit some mold that society is trying to put you into mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, masculinity to me, from what society says, is being, you know, speaking in a lower voice, being strong, playing baseball, eating hot dogs, drinking beer and liking women. And that's that's not what men are. Human beings are human beings and we have our own character traits, whatever they are. Well, the one thing that you said that I thought was spot on is just like being true to yourself. I I mean, if we're going to if we're going to take this word masculinity and give it any kind of a positive connotation it should be synonymous with just being true to yourself and at the same time being a man. You identify as a male and then you're true to yourself and then that should be enough. Otherwise, I don't know what the point of having the the, the weird nebulous idea of masculinity is. Sure. Well, I'll tell you, masculinity and being a man or having masculine features, they're, they're not necessarily completely synonymous. You know, so like masculinity is part of the balance equation of a groundedness, a sense of of power Mm. and stability. That is something that masculine energy brings to the table. Decisive, strong choices, okay? Whereas the the feminine side, which is equally as important in balance, Mm -hmm. is fluid. It is more like water. It flows. It, it, It is more fragile and soft and those two things represent themselves in people in different ways and the problem is is you should never be one side all the time that is the the sort of gift that women have with fluidity mm-hmm. is they can step into a masculine place and then step back into being feminine and that's part of being fluid but the thing that masculinity naturally brings is a sense of grounded rock stableness which means it should always be the thing that it is under all circumstances all of the time yeah all right and that creates a massive amount of pressure and that's where it gets toxic it's funny you also said you talk about like rigidity and then uh you know fluid and if you think about it just from like an actual physical point the one that will break faster is the non-fluid yes like the one that is is not is not moldable and like you need to be able to change in and adapt yeah so i think it's important for men in particular to be in touch with their emotions because if you don't you do get those points where like shit's still happening whether or not you want it to and emotions are going to get stirred up but we put them into a box because we're told not to talk we're told not to cry we're told not to you know open up and share, but you eventually get to a breaking point, whatever that means, whether it means becoming violent in in a domestic situation or uh, becoming violent outside or not necessarily violent, but just like breaking on the inside and Mm -hmm. having issues or I don't know. I think it's important to be a little bit more of like that fluid and that, you know, that 
liquid, that water, that feminine energy. Well, they both have their bon- the benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that's a good analogy is if, you know, if you looked at stone or, or a wood wall as, as a male defense mechanism, what is something that can seep through that stone in that wall? <laughs> it's water. Water. Yeah. And water can pierce a hole through those things. Mm-hmm. And it can wear those things down over time. And, you know, stone, when you inherently look at it, is very strong. It doesn't mean it's invincible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish that I had known that in my early 20s. I think that's a fantastic um, analogy. It's very vivid. And I think it cuts right to the heart of it. There was something said to me when I was younger that was about my masculinity, or as I thought of it then, my lack of masculinity. Mm. And uh, something I won't say verbatim here, but just that it it shaped my life and how I felt that I had to make myself going forward. It's a thing that I really punished myself about throughout all my 20s, Mm. and until I realized that it was, or I started realizing that, that there is a balance to be had between those two things. Sure. Well, there's also, you know, since this episode is about, you know, LGBT relationships and we're talking about sort of male relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at two women having a relationship with each other, they are both water. They are both fluid and, and, you know, there's different forms that having two water elements come together. But what happens when you have two stone elements come together and and one of them is, is unwilling to... Be flexible. I mean, when when it comes to, you know, homosexual male sex, from the male perspective, there's I mean... There's a lot more negotiating up front. There is negotiating. Yeah. Because literally, it's not it's not like, okay, well, on male and female, you know what's going to happen for the most part. Mm-hmm. Penis is going to go in the vagina. Yeah. So when you got two guys, it's like, all right, well, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to go into who and blah, blah, blah. And then that... You know, some people have, um, you know, just defined interests or or preferences. Some people are fluid and enjoy both. Uh, And some people repress certain things because they feel like being the submissive is feminine. And then you start going into like, Mm. well, if I'm the bottom, uh, then that means I'm the woman and that makes me less of a man. And you get into a whole other can of like toxic masculinity within the gay community. Yeah, that's Uh, the whole thing. You get these two rigid forces negotiating how the puzzle piece is going to go together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't go together. You know, I'll tell you this. I wish heterosexual people adopted that negotiating tactic up front because it's really helpful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's take the assumed PIV off the table. (laughs) You know, talk about the things that you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're just not sexually compatible. Yeah, you say, okay, move on. That's it. You're like, all right, well, this was... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> sure. The but there's also... That was a wasted Uber ride. Yeah. Like... <laughs> right. But, but, but talking in that realm, there's also that negotiating and fluidity happens in the emotional aspect, too. You know, that's a really big thing. If you got two walls coming together to try to make the other person break down their walls, you know, that's, not neat. that's no easy task. I think there's an inherent more tapping into the feminine side the more fluid side when you're a gay man Mm -hmm. i think there is and this kind of goes back to your culture question you know if you look at quote-unquote gay culture like drag queens are a huge part of our culture they're they're amazing i mean like they obviously you know they lead in in certain ways the 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 gay rights movement yeah um Mm -hmm. and 
they can be stronger than a quote unquote like jock you know guy um so you know that that's a, getting in touch with that feminine side to a whole other degree but i think that as a gay man like i certainly feel much more in touch with like my feminine side and i feel perfectly comfortable with it now mm. it's not something that i was comfortable with before and i think there's still like inklings of that like now it's just like an instinct that i try to repress of like okay well i i can't be too flamboyant and if i am flamboyant it needs to be obvious that it's a joke and that's not really how i behave hmm. like it's it's this whole mind game that you still play with yours you know with your with your mind uh just because you've been conditioned to think again male is stronger female yeah. is lesser and it's ridiculous what kind of what kind of judgment or uh, toxic masculinity do you run into in the gay community probably the biggest thing is that is the whole like top versus bottom um when it comes to into sex and and it's funny because there are a lot of quote-unquote men who enjoy topping or call themselves tops who have never even bothered trying to bottom mm -hmm. and like there are straight men who enjoy having their prostate yeah. stimulated There's because it, is, butt, yeah. it is an enjoyable experience but you know it's like oh well that's i can't be penetrated that's that's going to make me submissive. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a complicated thing. And, and people do end up missing out. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a preference or enjoying it. But if you're repressing something from yourself because of outside perspectives, then I think that's, that's, I think that's a negative um, thing for yourself. I read somewhere, and from the moment I read this, I changed how I um, talk about it. I read somewhere that if you say, instead of saying, I am a top or I am a bottom or I am verse... Uh, instead, you say, I enjoy topping, I enjoy bottoming, yeah. I enjoy both. Uh, it's less of an identity. So right. all of a sudden, you know, you're no longer like, this is what I am. I'm a dominate, you know, top. I'm a submissive bottom, I'm blah, blah, blah. It's more it's like, no, this is something that I enjoy. It's not a defining part of me, but it is a part of me. Yeah, it's a celebration. It's a ce well, yeah. it certainly should be celebrated. It's yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's supposed if to be fun. You're doing it right. It's good. God, yeah. do you do you are you sexually attracted to anything? Am I attracted to anything? Yeah. No. I mean, I I find all sex interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't have one preference over another. You know what? Here's here's a crazy thing. If you want to talk about, if you want to put God in the realm of sexuality, mm -hmm. I'm inside everyone. Oh. All at the same time. So you feel it. <laughs> oh yeah. You feel it. I think I've seen that porno. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm ready to go back to church. You, do you have the the choice to not be inside everybody? No, I, I'm just everything. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Of course. It's part and parcel to it. Part and parcel. Okay, well, uh, that's that, that seems fun to me. Yeah, it's not a bad gig. <laughs> I mean, I would try it. If I had a day as God, I would try that. Sure. Well, you wouldn't have any choice. You'd be everywhere. I'd have to. I'd have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to do it. Um, no, I don't. I don't have any favorites. Sorry. Yeah. Everyone out there that wants me to have a favorite, I I don't. Human beings aren't even my favorite. I. You've made that manifestly clear. Listen, I'll bring that up every time you bring Star Wars up, which, which is, is every episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not bringing up Game of Thrones, I will bring up Star Wars. Oh, and speaking of which, if you, you know, I, I love Game of Thrones and we're talking about straight people getting involved in gay stories. I mean, every love story in Game of Thrones I was involved in. Uh, if it's told well, 
it's compelling. I just don't want them to be a stereotype. Like, I don't want it to be about that. Like, why write a character who's gay just to have a gay character and then have them be, like, the stereotypical character? Not to say that those those characters don't exist in the real world. We do. They do. But for me, like, then it becomes more of, like, that character is defined by the fact that they're gay. Right. It's not informed by it. There's a yeah. huge difference between defining and informing a character through whether they're gay, they're Latino, they're black, they're deaf, they're in a wheelchair, whatever it is, uh, they shouldn't be defined by it. We well, have to... Hollywood has a real thing about making people 24-7 gay. It's like, this is it. This character's gay. That's the only thing about them. And that's the All thing about All they do is them. gay stuff. Right. They're only into men and having sex with men. It's like, that person also has a job. Right. That person also pays the bills. That person also goes to theme parks and goes to sleep and does, does a whole... Goes to brunch... They do a lot of things. I mean, oh, we definitely go to brunch. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to bring brunch That's up as a stereotype. Part of the gay agenda. No, 100%. It's true. <laughs> to get everyone to brunch. Yeah. The gay um, agenda, that's a whole funny... <laughs> the gay people are taking over. Oh, yeah. Do Watch you guys, out. Do you guys like raid cul-de-sacs and then turn everybody gay when you go there? And Yes. Oh. You you are now gay. Okay. Exactly. You know what's amazing to me is is feels nice <laughs> the crazy things that that these people and their conspiracy theories that they come up with. Mm-hmm. If the world actually worked that way, like there was this preacher in New York who believed that Starbucks was filling their lattes with semen to turn men gay. Now think about that. If that were actually happening, mm-hmm. the production cost of having factories of milking gay men and, and getting all that semen yeah. for Starbucks, there's a Starbucks on every corner. You're going to run out of semen. Do you... There's not that many gay men. But also, if semen turned people gay, oh, there'd be a lot more gay people. That's right. Yeah. I, the it... science isn't there. That's all I'm saying. Also. It's funny because, like, I, you know, you would hear this in the, in the last, like, 10, 20 years. You know, the more representation, the more gay couples, the more gay characters that, that are appearing in the media. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's just so many. And then, like, so-and-so just came out in real life. And so-and-so's friend just came out in real life. And it's just like, now it's just like this big fad. And it's, like, in to be gay. Mm. And it's like okay, is it in to be gay? And, like, more people are turning gay, quote-unquote. Or is or, it safe? Or is it safe? Exactly. Exactly. Perfect word. Like, is it safe for people who have been feeling this way for a long time and never felt like they were able to actually say something to come out? Sure. Being willing to explore and alter your identity and having it safe to to do so is a big step in the right direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what uh, has manifested as a step in the right direction for me is, like, I look back at... um, shows and movies that I used to watch and stuff, typically things that were made in the 90s oh, and, good. and before. Yeah. Right? So I love Friends. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you go back and you watch episodes and there's a lot of gay panic jokes. Um, and you're like, you know, it's a cringy moment because you're like, that has not aged well. But the fact that you're having that reaction, the fact that I'm having that reaction is a good thing. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. I just, uh, it's funny, we were... I was really excited about this uh, a few months ago. I'd heard about this Eddie Murphy uh, stand-up that's, like, from, I don't know, way back when. But it's, like, it's old. And um, everybody was raving about it. And they had just been put up on Netflix because I guess he had an upcoming uh, special coming out. And so my sister, my cousin, and I sat down and we were watching it. And I was super stoked. And I love Eddie Murphy. I think he's hilarious. And I 
sat down and within the first like minute and a half, all of a sudden she's like, I just want to say out there, uh, if uh, I have one rule when I'm doing a show, faggots can't look at my ass. And I was like, what? And within two minutes, he said the word faggot like 40 times. And everybody's roaring. And everybody's roaring. Mm -hmm. And I literally, have you anybody seen um, Get Out, Mm -hmm. The Sunken Place? Yeah. I felt myself go to The Sunken Place. Wow. I remember sitting there and all of a sudden I just like went into that theater and I was one of thousands of people who were sitting there watching Eddie Murphy and everybody around me was cackling at him saying faggot over and over again. And I just saw my, felt myself sink and I hadn't had that feeling in so long. And it's, I'm so glad that we're not necessarily at that point anymore. At Mm -hmm. least the majority of people aren't. Sure. But it was just, it was crazy to see that and to experience that again and the fact that it's on netflix again without commentary i think it's crazy yeah and i don't know why it's without commentary without commentary yeah yeah it's a good point yeah is, is that is that word still a really uncomfortable thing for you or has it become because I don't, I don't know what its status is in the gay community right now is it a word of empowerment right now I think, you know, the whole reclaiming certain words is a very personal thing. I don't think there's, quote unquote, a right or a wrong. I think when it comes to these kinds of things, it's very personal. Certainly there's, you know, words have the power that you give them or that other people give them. Like, I can take away that power. Even if somebody says that word to me in a very derogatory form, I can choose to, like, let it affect me or not. But that's because I've gone through like my experience in my 33 years of life to get me to a point where I can feel quote unquote. Okay. Yeah. I could say this right now and I could walk out, you know, this apartment and like somebody could come up to me and say, Hey faggot. And like, I could probably, I could go back into that myself. Certainly. Yeah. So I think it is still a very loaded word. Um, I've said it jokingly, like between like, gay friends but mm-hmm. we know what that means to us like right. in in between ourselves you know what you're hearing is the intentions behind it mm-hmm. you know one word can be said with love and endearment and a shared common experience or it could be meant as an attack you know and that's it right the word itself is not the the threat well uh, i am right now going to say the two most powerful words in this podcast studio. What's up? Audience questions. Yeah. <laughs> I love those words. I feel attacked. This All right. <laughs> so this one, I, I'm super curious about this one. Why are gay men better at fashion? <laughs> Don't ask me. got to be an answer. I would not consider myself like, Oh, a you're a snappy dresser. Come on. I do. I, you know, I don't personally think that I dress better than a lot of my friends. Um, I think, again, maybe it goes back to being more comfortable with yourself and in touch and like less limited by, you know, the rigidness of masculinity where Mm -hmm. it's like solid colors and plaid. Maybe it's the fact that like you repressed so many parts of yourself for so long that you find the need to express yourself in other ways. And that can include brighter colors and glitter. Yeah. Yeah. The expression is a big thing and, and, and going against the sort of the push against the toxic masculine aspect. There's also an idea in the fact that you're, you're peacocking a lot more. You know, you you have to represent yourself if you're trying to attract men. 
you know, you better start bringing some shit to the table in your appearance. You know, a lot of straight men, because women are so, I'll say, generous Mm -hmm. with the fact that they look into who you are and your soul and they find that attractive. There's a lot of guys out there wearing band t-shirts right now that are getting laid that shouldn't be getting laid. I'll just put it that way. Put in some effort. Fair wear, enough. Wear some nice jeans. Yeah. Or, or get a, get an actual vintage band t-shirt. Well, right? here's, here's the thing. is like That would work too, right? No. Come on. You, you gotta look nicer than that. I mean, I, I can't imagine getting laid in like a like a ACDC t-shirt, but maybe if I wore my Rush shirt, which no, I just got. If it was a crop top, you could. Yeah, there you go. If it was a crop top. Here's the thing. Women find, it's an easy change. I can women find men physically attractive. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are willing to overlook some things, and that's where men get lazy. But it doesn't mean that they don't find you physically attractive. Mm-hmm. So if you wear some jeans that fit well, you know, they'll look at your butt, mm-hmm. and they'll get turned on more, and they're like, damn. I like that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. However, if you wear frumpy, you know, dad shorts or whatever you got on, they'll go, okay, well, he's a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, there, there's a, like, there are men who feel like if they take care of themselves, that's a feminine thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wear, oh, if you yeah. use lotion or if you lose, if, if you cut your hair or if you care about your outward appearance that you're being feminine or you're being gay and it's a, a that's challenging your masculinity that that's not manly um so i think it is you know laziness and then also that that like insecurity of like oh well i can't do that otherwise people are gonna think that i'm gay or that well and it's so ridiculous it's like yeah. it's just self-care it's taking care of yourself making sure that you want to look good um, you know, not all gay men wear, you know, flowers and rainbows and all that stuff. Like, again, it's not a, we're not a stereotype We're we're a rainbow, you know, just like human beings are a rainbow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also going into the self-care thing and the threat to the masculinity is if you are this wall of stone, you should require no maintenance. You are just a wall of stone that exists and doesn't need any help from anybody. Right. Ever. You don't need to take care of your teeth or comb your hair. You're perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love a brick wall, but sometimes it looks really nice to have some succulents on them. Yeah, yeah. Give it a paint job. Make it look pretty. All right. Well, this has been incredibly enlightening for me. I'll speak for myself. I don't know how enlightening it's been for everybody else because you guys know a lot more than I do. (laughs) But it's been really fun. Yeah, this has been super fun. Uh, Luis, do you have any? First of all, thank you so much. Yeah, of course, up. thank you for inviting me. This has been marvelous. Do you have any more questions for God? This is your only chance. I guess I would ask you, as someone who at one point probably could have used these words but didn't have the uh, strength or wisdom to ask them to the loved ones who were around me, hmm. what advice would you have to a kid growing up doubting themselves, uh, thinking that you hated them? Ooh. Uh, because of who they were. Well, God, that's such a hard thing because part of the problem is is this is the story that people made up. I never hated anybody. Even Listen, I've watched people do horrific atrocities in the world and I still don't hate them. I mean, I wish that they wouldn't do it, but they do. Um, but for those kids that are out there, I, I hope they will always run across somebody that sees them. And makes it safe for them to be themselves. 
And I don't just say that for, for gay kids. I, I, I say that for every single person. Every person out there deserves to feel safe to be who they are. Unfortunately, you don't get to choose the tribe that you are born into. You know, I don't, I don't get to choose which parents match up with who and, you know, what things they subscribe to. And, you know, there are some people that are lucky and they are born into to a loving, open situation and some people that aren't. And the only thing that I could say is let's get you out of there as fast as possible. Because there are tribes in the world that love you, that don't even know you and love you. And that's, it's out there. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Well, Luis, God, yeah, thank you, entities, <laughs> so much. Sure, for being here today on Why God Why. As always, another super special episode, and I had a ball. Um, Luis, where can we find you? What are you? Uh, what are you up to right now, project wise? What are you working on? Um, well, I wrote a film called Sorry Charlie, mm-hmm. which is uh, a thriller that features an entirely LGBTQ cast of uh, characters. But it has nothing to do with it, which is lovely. It has nothing to do with being LGBT. Correct. Yes. Correct. The mm. characters are not defined by those characters. I can't wait for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we find you on the online? Uh, the My Instagram is at Luis Selgas. It's just his name. Just my name. And it is. if you guys are on uh, Netflix and you're prowling around, mm-hmm. check out um, this movie that you were in. Yep. It's called Como Caído el Cielo, and it's on Netflix, a Mexican film. Very fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> English speakers, let me tell you something. Nut up and read the subtitles. Yeah. It is. It will expand your world. All right. Well, uh, as always, you know, please go check out uh, our episode on, um, you know, the place where you get your podcasts, and, and check us out on the Twitter, at Podcast. And like, scribe. Yeah, like, like, and like, and scribe. like, scribe review. Yeah. As always, I tell you to do things and you never listen. So <laughs> this is just another example of human beings. Another boxcar on the train line. Yeah. Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist-